This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westrade. Hey, uh, yes, and I'm Jason Black. I love double introductions again. Yeah, double introductions. This is a double introduction episode. This episode was recorded, the episode you're about to hear was recorded in February of 2020, before uh, the world got even crazier than it was then. We, yeah, uh, Nick, Nick came out just on the press, just at the very edge of. The cliff. Of every of the cliff, and we had no idea where we were driving towards. But we did a we did a um, a bundle of tapings, as we always tell you we do. And this is our last one, so we're obviously in a completely different headspace. Yes, so uh, than we are now. Yeah, it's just a little time capsule. It's a light mm-hmm. bop back to uh, a simpler time where we hung out with the great, fantastic John Cantwell, also known as Love Connie, and who's a terrific drag performer in Los Angeles, and talked about Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, so just uh, so just so you can just kind of um, <laughs> enjoy this uh, and and enjoy it for a, a, a time genuinely gone by. <laughs> I can't exactly. believe I'm saying that about fucking February. But. I know. Yeah. But so. yeah, we just want to acknowledge it was a different time and also send a shout out to all of our Australian battle angels. We know you guys are out there and we, this one we uh, have been saving just for you. We know you've been waiting for it. We, you've been waiting for your diva. So I hope you're all drinking uh, drinking some cool water, staying hydrated, staying safe, uh, mm-hmm. still continuing the good fight. And we love you and enjoy the episode. We love you so much. Have fun. Here we go again. Bye. Hi, hi, this is For the Girls Podcast. I'm Nick Westray. I'm Jason Black. Um, This is the universe's premier queer diva fan podcast. This is the only one. It's the only one. There is one. one, Another one. Mm-hmm. That's empirical. That's empirically not true, true to us. That's empirical knowledge. It's not true to us. We. Um, this is a podcast for all of you greaser girls out there. Yeah. This is a. This is a podcast for roller skating, like Nick and I did. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast for Aussie inspirations. This is a podcast for survivors. This is a podcast for muses. Uh, and who do we have today, Jay? We have John Cantwell. I asked you, and then I answered oh, yeah, my you own did, question. You did. Also I'm known sorry. as Love Connie. I, I love all these little hints. These little hints. Who is? Who, who could it be? Who, there are little the tags. There are little tags. <laughs> it's a little game. Our fans love it. They go really crazy <laughs> about say, it. I would say I'm not very good at it, but I, you're very good. You I love obsess it. It's something over you're it. fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I obsess over it. So, so I just that's go for the ride. For yeah. um, who are we covering this week, John? Who could it be? Could it be Sandy or is it Kira? Yeah, it's or Kira. maybe Debbie from Two of a Kind. Oh, <laughs> that's right. It's Olivia Newton-John. Olivia yeah. Newton-John. Two of a Kind was that the other? That was the, the other, other John Travolta and Olivia okay. Newton-John movie. Yes, yeah. which I have not seen. I saw recently. Think 
and researched, you know, maybe we could use some footage or something. And I, I was, none of this is usable. This is just dreadful. What is, is it about? <laughs> I love that we're talking, we're like, let's talk let's about four of the girls. Of a kind. Well, let's go, let's start with the But bottom. then I will say a girlfriend of mine who was helping me costume the show, she, without talking to me about it, she said, oh, and remember Two of a Kind, I love that movie. And I go, really? It's kind of a really terrible movie. And then she goes, oh, I love when she eats the sunglasses. And then she says, it tastes like shit. And I was like, oh, you're right. It was fun to hear Olivia Newton-John curse for the first time. Was it a musical? Uh, No, but it was one of the 80s. It wasn't a musical, but it had a hit soundtrack because that's what uh, Twist of Fate and Take a Chance, which was a single, which Mm -hmm. didn't do very well. Which you know would have been a follow up to your the one that I want or Summer Nights because John right. Travolta sang that, David Foster produced it, and uh, De- Living in Desperate David Times Foster was another the singer. Bodyguard David Foster who produced yeah, the Bodyguard and Saint Elmo's Fire soundtrack. So David, that's when she was working with David Foster at that weird time where her career after Physical. If that's the high point, you mm-hmm. know, when it started to kind of like, okay, we so, had a plateau you know, moment because he was coming up. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, meeting Foster, a meeting on the way on the stairs. Up. Yes. On the, like, the middle of the stairs. The way mm-hmm. up okay. Way. I'm going to do something for Over. you. Cause yeah. you, her career's, what is it? What, how would you, hills and valleys? Well, she, um, one big hill and then. No, no, I wouldn't. I would, uh, she's always established. Look, someone like her, you can always sing. She likes to sing live, obviously. Mm-hmm. So. She's fine. Yeah, you she'll know, always she'll always be able to perform. Mm-hmm. It's like even when Steven Tyler was as drugged out as you can get, they always played shows, and mm-hmm. that's why when they, when Aerosmith and the Run DMC thing happened in the early '80s, it was like, oh no, you're ready. You're like Sharon Stone, right, girl? You've been around for a long time, but as soon as we find the right project, it's gonna be oh my god, you know where mm-hmm. has she been? Like around. And you're doing a show about Olivia Yeah, Newton-John. we're like buried the lead. Yes. Can you tell us about it? Well, I just finished a show. It was called A Little More Love Connie, <laughs> uh, which is a play on my drag. It was I was originally, uh, the working title would have been Olivia Newton John Cantwell, which is my name, uh, which always kind of cracked me up. But yeah, I... Um, I did recently did a show. <laughs> so at, funny, I was late to the game. I, know, I, I was so late to the game. I, I like, like those mashup yeah, yeah. type things. And then things. I was like, "Yeah, I, I love them so much." Like a lot of people uh, do, like a mashup of you know films and TV shows or whatever. Like you mm-hmm. know in the drag community, but one that always made me laugh was I wanted someone to do a mashup of Jaws Three's Company, <laughs> just because it's it's like that's kind of hard to say what you. But I'm like, I love Jaws 3's company. <laughs> but perfect to Janet think and about. Chrissy get a job at SeaWorld as like, you know, water skiers. But um yeah, I was um Olivia Newton John has she was she was really the first artist that I ever loved and, and I've and I've always I'm a huge music fan and love music and she really was the first that I guess nurtured and made me a fan to where I was into music you know how old were you when you first listened to her that it would have been 70 i guess second grade first or second grade mm. maybe i was in the first grade uh, i'm from northeast louisiana hey so it was when her country music 
Let Me Be There, mm-hmm. because that was the first song in the first album. I still have the album over there. Oh, my gosh. Um, Which is that... hard to get in the States. It's, like, oh, not on Spotify and stuff. Oh, not... Uh, listen, when I was doing a lot of social media stuff, and I would try to add music to mm-hmm. a story or whatever, you know, those things... Yeah. You can't... A lot of her stuff wouldn't... There are full albums that wouldn't come up. I Every song except A Little More Love from Totally Hot is on... You know, I don't know what those... It's not Spotify, but Apple again, Music or the one something. on Instagram or Facebook. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, but it, it's also that label thing when corporations started buying labels. They just, mm-hmm. they think, oh, no one's going to want to listen to the rumor. Yeah, except me like, this well, morning. But when I was as like, an, yeah, as an artist, it's like, no, she, you should, all of her music should be available. Like, all of Stevie Nicks should be available. You know, it all should be available. Uh Uh-huh. I would pay good money. But that's also why we're so glad she is such a prolific live performer because a lot of those early songs you can get on the later live recordings. Yes, a lot. And and it isn't Because those songs are great. Those early hits, those country hits. And she kept recording. She kept recording, you know, her... That's because I really didn't... um, I wasn't buying her music as much later and then she did the country album in 98 where she redid i honestly love you and has had a couple of albums since then and they're all really good albums and i'm sitting there going like why didn't i get these albums hotel these sessions really, I hotel really sessions like. is so good oh, yeah, yeah. you know what that, my low-key favorite one is because it's trippy gaia oh gaia is her best album because she wrote and produced it all Come on, I, Pegasus. Well, that song, Pegasus. Yes. You are. Mm-hmm. It's you're back in Xanadu do like. Yeah. We used to do a little bit of Pegasus in my show. Did you? Yeah. Just the Pegasus. intro. Just the intro thing. Yes. Will you teach me why I'm here and lead the way? Oh, Pegasus. Spread your wings. Yeah, Gaia was one of those, well, you talk about hills and valleys and everything, because after I was in Dallas, Texas, when Back to Basics came out, I don't know if that was, Mm -hmm. it was the third greatest hits collection. Right. Um, Can you imagine three? I know. I have a third compilation. And this was the first one. Well, they lucked out with they were her record company was really they were smart with the whole Greece thing because like she had a greatest hits that was all the country stuff and then did Greece and then did Xanadu there. and then physical and it was like girl are you ready for greatest hits volume two and they put all those <laughs> mm-hmm. all those five Greece you know it was like three Greece songs three Xanadu songs two physical and it's like oh two more new songs and we've just like 
But I also think that that's where, and again, if you think if you think of like Madonna's career like that, where they're just like singles, singles, release a single, it doesn't become about the album anymore. And in the seventies, it was about the album. Right. Like, this is the album. The arc. Exactly. The it's like this is what we're doing now and everything. And then it just became sell, sell, sell. So that doesn't really, again, that didn't bode well for Soul Kiss because. Mm -hmm. She had already had, you know, she didn't have a full album out since 81. Soul Kiss was right. 85. Think about that. She was still doing, but just like four songs on the Two of a Kind soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And then after, you know, the flop of Soul Kiss or, you know, you also got to remember she had, she was with Tina Turner's manager. So what? musically, yeah. Music Diva. Diva mm -hmm. News. News. Yes, but, you know, that's like when Debbie Harry was on the same label as Madonna. It's like, who's going to get all your publicity? Mm -hmm. Madonna is. Right. So it's like, we're not going to promote your record, Debbie. Same thing. It's like, no, we're into Tina right now because Tina's on the comeback. And Olivia, like, you've been back, girl. Mm -hmm. So uh, the Back to Basics came out. That was the first greatest hits collection that featured her country music and her pop music. But she had... Four original songs on there. One was a Diane Warren song. Mm -hmm. There was a Giorgio Moroder song called I Need Love. And two other really good songs. And then she got cancer. So I felt like that was a moment where... She got cancer in the late 80s? Mm-hmm. 1993. Mm -hmm. 92 or 93. 92 or 93. Yeah. It was right there. Because um, she had done... I love the, um, the covers album, the... Yes, the, the lullaby. I call it the lullaby album. It's, but it's all divas. Woman, it's ten, like tender. Yeah, it's her covering like the great women of song. I know it's really beautiful. It's very for the girls. Everyone, you should get that. It is. Um, her covers are really, really great. So yeah, it was a couple of years because I also think she was doing the koala blue thing. Her store on Melrose, remember mm -hmm. with then, Pat? Yes, with Pat Carroll, Olivia, and Pat. Um, Did you go there? No, I wasn't here. I was okay. in Louisiana. I was still, or somewhere else. It sounded else. so, 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 so Oh, I can much. imagine. Well, she so was much. always showing up on, at the Grammy Awards, you know, Promoting. and she would, she was always on the worst dress list too, because she was always in Koala Blue. So, but it was, it was brilliant. It's so funny because like the, I love it. A little bit that I saw of Koala Blue, it's like luxury, it's like, um, not luxury wear. It's like, um, leisure, at, at leisure. At leisure. It's at leisure kind it, of. So yeah, it so really funny. is. She was like, it's like denim. Cotton. cotton yeah so she's showing up in like her cowgirl outfit exactly and they're like honey she's like i'm a mom now she was she kept that friendship we should talk about pat so i don't know a lot of, i don't know a lot about pat i mean i know just you that know they were a duo that, right that they, they were a duo yeah they were a duo back in australia mm -hmm. and that's how she kind of got famous i think that she like that she was even on they were on tv like, shows yeah. and stuff like that and then she did the movie tomorrow which, if you've never seen, right. is a really fun movie that, Don, not Don Kirshner, but uh, the guy that, it was Harry Saltzman, I believe, of the Bond movies, and I can't remember, uh, the guy, one of the producers that did the Mid Midnight Special, so it was like, rock music and James Bond meets, and it was about these aliens, uh, it's a British movie. It was about these aliens that were searching for the perfect voice for their pop music because the aliens' pop music was like Icelandic death metal. It was just like computers. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, we're going to send out a signal and we're, we're going to find like the most beautiful voice in the world. And I think, again, I might be making all this up, but in my memory, my pot-fueled memory, this is what the movie was like. But they, you 
all of a sudden you're like, there's Earth and there's the Ray and you go down and it's Olivia and she's in college and she's living in a little flat with these four guys who are her bandmates and she's singing a song and waking up in the morning and frying eggs for the boys and like one of the boys sleeps in the bathtub which is the dining table and Fabulous movie. It's hilarious. It's really, really kitschy. She's and goofy. always like, she's always come, that Some voice kind is of always goddess like, like uh, extraterrestrial. Well, it's always like being used by the universe in kind of a magical way. It's, it's the whole thing about the purity of who she was back then and that voice, you know, because, well, well like a young friend of mine, when we were talking about Olivia Newton-John, he kind of looked at me and he goes, but can she really sing? And it was like, he wasn't being insulting. He was like, but is she like, you know, and I'm going, well, for you, because you were born when it was Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, right. and then American Idol. And right. it became, well, if you if you don't hit a high note, I guess you really can't sing or now, belt. can you? Like it's all about it's, the big belt. Yeah, and right. that's kind of unfortunate because that should be left people like Aretha Franklin mm-hmm. and Mariah, you know, Absolutely. people that are great at it, you know. I mean, Olivia's got a phenomenal range as wide as Mariah Carey, <clears throat> but she comes from a generation where it's like uh, they were listening to Joni Mitchell and Helen Reddy mm-hmm. and, you know, folk singers. You know, Olivia was the only one that was able to really, tr- like, I, like I kind of established in my show, reinvent herself yes she was like the original taylor swift in that regard i was reading about how when she was she won like country performer of the year and all Mm -hmm. of these country people were really upset about it and then Mm -hmm. dolly parton's sister wrote that song for her ode to olivia Mm -hmm. we ain't got the right to say so sweet this like early moment in the music industry of the or the country and pop music industry as we know it today yeah of like the ladies sticking together and we be know, like fuck you guys she's plenty the, country the difference is is you know taylor played guitar and wrote and produced you know she was mm-hmm. kind of one of those kids whose parents kind of like oh you want to be a pop star honey you're talented Let's do we'll it. support you right and we'll build your own studio now and that's great. You know, Olivia didn't start like that at right. all, you know. And and they also, you know, she, when she, they were doing two albums a year back then, but it was because a lot of the singers and the vocalists back then, they all, they all did the same. We, we're all going to do Yesterday 
by the Beatles. You know they what I mean? Co- it's, I know. They it's all amazing. covered the same it's so songs. Amazing. Yesterday, so you could done. put out two albums, whereas a band like Blondie that has to write a new album and it's like, and they're all like on drugs and, you know, have half of the musicians are in their twenties and are brats and Debbie's like in her thirties and is like, I'm going to pull my fucking hair out, you know? Cause you know, so she's getting these songs and she's selling them. And then it, it does become like an imposter in the country music, you know, category, I think, right. which is very interesting. Um, I also love that Dolly said that Olivia's version of Jolene is is Dolly's favorite cover. Of Just Jolene. listen to it. That was oh, a lot really good. Good. Listen to walking It's into really good. Jolene, 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 Jolene. I'm begging of you, please don't take my Your voice is soft like summer rain And I cannot compete with you, Jolene He talks about you in his sleep And there's nothing I can do to keep from crying When he calls your name, Jolene And I can easily understand How you could easily take my man But you don't know what it means to me, Jolene Yeah, I, I was in a town ta- like as a kid. It was the only one I ever did. But I was because my I was from a small town and they didn't do a lot of talent shows or anything. Mm-hmm. But for some reason there was a talent show that year, and I sang "Let Me Be There." So I had that album, and then my sister had the eight tracks of "If You Love Me, Let Me Know" and "Have You Never Been Mellow." So when I was a kid. I would go out in the country and stay with my sister when she was pregnant because I was the youngest. My sister was the eldest. There was a big gap. So it was kind of like, you go out, my mom getting rid of me in a way, um, I think. And it was really boring on the farm out there because her husband was a farmer. So he was farming, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, taking care of horses or something like that. So we would play those eight tracks during the day. There was no cable back then, you know. I'm old, you know, so... You just, you know, and it becomes like part of your life. Mm-hmm. I remember I then bought, and uh, I honestly love you was song of the year. Mm-hmm. Well, and let, yeah, so yeah, after Let Me Be There, she then became, you know, country artist of the year, pop. That's when country and pop were crossing over too right. with people like Dolly mm-hmm. and um, Elvis helped a lot of that because right. he kind of sang in every genre. Speaking of, the first concert I ever saw was Elvis Presley. Hey. And then literally, maybe it was the exact year after that concert, 
Olivia at the same venue in Monroe, Louisiana. And that would have been 75. 75 because she was doing a lot of the songs. Did she just glow? Was she just glowing? It was, I still remember, I I mean, parts of it, I can't, I remember her singing Thank God I'm a Country Girl, that song from Have You Never Been Mellow. I was born in the country I was raised with the sun The flowers were my pillow the day's work was done down in the valley shone the bright neon signs the call of the city life kept going through my mind oh yeah the days of my childhood would soon be left behind it was a Saturday morning when the snow said the time had come when I could move to town So I kissed goodbye to Mama Held on tight to Papa's hand I saw a tear in Mama's eye But I did not understand Cause I was just a country girl Being brought up on the land Goodbye Yes, a lot of her old stuff is so good. I really love it. I think it might be my favorite. I, her old stuff, there's just something kind of so pure and almost simple to when it. When it gets into clearly love and then um, come on over, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. starts, and you think, and I, and you can kind of make this analogy like when an actress wins an Oscar, mm-hmm. how it's like, why are you doing this movie? And then they wind up ruining, like Halle Berry, perfect thing. Yeah. They all wind up wanting to do a superhero movie. And then if it doesn't, like Catwoman or, mm-hmm. you know, Storm or whatever, or Aeon Flux with Charlize Theron right. or whatever. Right, that was the next one after Monster. And it's weird. Or and then you think, well, it's weird. Like Sharon's, you know, not sure. that she won an Oscar or anything, but. You know, you look at all the choices after Basic Instinct, and they were all like, ooh, I want to be important, but it's like, girl, this isn't really right for you, so. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But there was an interesting little tidbit about MCA Records and Olivia. Again, mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, out there people. Maybe I'm just making all this stuff up. I we love hate mail. You'll have so, to have your no, lawyers. I, I read about this this morning. It's really interesting because, so two albums a year, so then come on over, but then Don't Stop Believing 
had Sam on it, which mm-hmm. everyone goes, oh my God, Sam. Sam was one of the most beautiful songs It's a ever. great track. And it's one of the few pop songs that was written in 3-4 time, which is very Ooh. rare. I that you're on your own now. So am I. I'm living. And Don't Stop Believing is probably my very favorite Olivia Newton-John song also. Mm. So that album did okay, but then the to me the weird album of her early career is Making a Good Thing Better from 77. Mm-hmm. Why which, was it weird? It's weird because she had a great, her first greatest hits album came out that year. It does not have any song from Making a Good Thing Better on it subsequent albums greatest hits albums all include songs from every album nothing has ever been included from that album maybe now i think there's some recent which you don't know if those are official releases because whatever record company owns the rights to whatever they can release anything anything now and like i say if they don't have the rights to soul kiss i've i've learned all this through blondie and Mm -hmm. emi they have repackaged Blondie songs, oh my God, like to death, to death. But there will be like, oh, why didn't they have any songs from this out? And it's because they don't, you know, have the rights to do that. So it's right. kind of, so you can never, I'm a completist and I'm like, I want a greatest hits that has, or a singles collection that has Everything they attempted to that, release. That like, literally moves Everything through the career properly. Yes, but with that album. Do you want it in chronological? Oh, I, I do like things in chronological order. order yeah. yeah, okay. Um, Me too. The thing with making a good thing better um, is, so she was about to do Greece. That would have been the year she would have been filming Greece, mm-hmm. And she wanted out of her record deal with MCA Records because she said, you didn't promote my last album at all, and, which is, you know, what they do. And you think, well, we got our Grammy three years ago. It's like, and you're not really topping the charts how you know and the songs just weren't as good as let me be there if you let please mr you know what i mean it's like those right. were great songs um which i think would happen again when you go to soul kiss it's like she's just not getting offered the right songs and then we'll get into gaia about her it's like girl write your own songs she does on gaia right? yeah yeah um so yeah, so she threatens to sue or whatever to get out of this deal, and in the meantime, they're going to do the Grease soundtrack on Robert Stigwood's records, and then you know 
all those songs become like the biggest selling singles of all time. Right. And I just love how I just imagine her just looking at MCA records going, do you, do you see what happened? Do you see what happened? If when you, you promote, good if, when good you material? promote my music and give me, you see what happened? It's like, and all of a sudden it's like, she's they're you know, getting flack because they're almost 30 playing high school students in Greece. And then I just go, I just added 10 freaking years to my career <laughs> because now people are going to think, oh yeah, she's young. She's been, you know, yeah. and I do. I love how that kind of, you know, and the weird thing is like, even though Xanadu was a flop, that soundtrack is unbelievable. Should we, admit? Should we admit? We watched it last night. For the did. first time. Yeah. How for the first time? What's wrong was with it just, you guys? It's a blind spot. We had but a how? Blind what is spot. your what? But when you think of Olivia Newton-John, like what is? Well, is it Greece that you go to? And physical, yes. And, you know, but I'll and tell physical, you, and because you guys you, are much younger than me, and I was young. I was in the sixth grade when Greece came out. Right. So but we grew up on Greece. Well, because in the nineties, yeah. do you remember there was a Greece revival? Oh, you're Huge right. Greece revival. Debbie they, Gibson yeah. and all that. But they're also well, that's when I was it. in New York. They're it also was back they on also Broadway. released the movie in theaters again. You're right. And my generation, you couldn't on the radio. They started playing Greece mm-hmm. again on the radio, and I even remember talking about talent shows. Um, I guess you, you were in there for school those. plays. You guys could would probably oh, yeah. do Greece. Greece. Yeah, we never did. Every Rosie dance. did Greece. Like everyone, high school dance. You were always like, always the dancing to Greece. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, that's nice to know. I never knew that. I my my twin, shout out to John and our best friend Robbie, did an I choreographed an immaculate. <laughs> Um, <laughs> fully, fully costumed, wigged, healed number to "You Don't Own Me" from the First Wives Club <laughs> at the talent when, show at, when the we were in sixth grade. Well, first I did it at school. Were you bat? I, yes. Well, no, I couldn't be bat because Wait. I had to be Diane because she actually is the main vocalist. <laughs> okay. So I was in the middle. Although I was, I was like literally five nine, so I looked very. <laughs> I looked in this horrible wig, but it, we first did it at our talent show, and my mom with my. My sweet, sweet, but maybe wrong-headed mom was like, this is so good. This is such a hit. Let's move it to the Cass County Fair. <laughs> now, what they were not prepared for And then for you was, get shot at, yeah. <laughs> it was... I had one friend in the audience, and so after I remember afterwards, and I looked at her, and her mouth was just a gap at how uncomfortable everyone <laughs> were seeing these boys really working it. Like, I had trained them so well. And then what fucking won was summertime by this like by this grease couple and i was like i can't believe i got beat summer out. loving summer loving i was gonna say summertime summer i was like from porgy and Bess. summer loving summer loving. by a grease couple oh i loved i love danny and sandy's version of i love you porgy. <laughs> i love you danny <laughs> so yeah that's how don't Greece... put your greasy fingers on me grease was everywhere in our lives yeah, yeah i it mean really was. and but and maybe because of that people didn't it took me a long time to even know she had a country career. That mm-hmm. was hidden. Oh, yeah. You that, you wouldn't have been no, born. That was... But also, I, like, for some reason, that wasn't the thing. Yeah, because I guess we were so used to her physical mm-hmm, stuff and mm-hmm. that sound of her that she kind of kept going with. And I knew the... I, I had heard the album of Xanadu. Like, we have <gasps> the Xanadu album. Xanadu. Well, the thing up. about Greece, and if you think about the show versus the movie, mm-hmm. you know, they were really, really smart to add the new songs in there especially for her because with what hopelessly were the new songs? hopelessly devoted to you is not really n- correct 
Her song in the original production of Grease, her big uh-huh. song is It's Raining on Prom Night. Because, you know, she gets Cha-Cha and Danny wind oh. up dancing and she winds up going home by herself. And it's all about my dress is a mess. I lost my corsage. I'm alone. And that's her big number. So Hopelessly Devoted to You was smart for Olivia Newton-John because it was kind of this, it's not a 50s song at all. It's this kind of country, so it's kind of this country throwback song that works in the movie. But when they were doing the movie, they were like, this doesn't work at all. And you think, and they're like, how are we going to stage this? And remember, it's just her on the back porch of Frenchie's house and she's looking in the little kiddie pool. Guess mine is not the first the one that i want was written for the movie grease was written this. for mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. um, i didn't know this yeah, yeah. You, but you don't have much experience with the musical no too. i don't yeah. i guess i don't mm-hmm. i really don't the, the movie really like elevated that entire property oh yeah it was kind of busted before the movie happened because then they re- reincorporated all of those songs and then uh, new, in the and revival the, oh, yes in the, in the revival per- yeah. okay mm-hmm. that's so also i think hopelessly devoted because Guys, in my in my experience, like my dad's generation, like it it was Olivia for them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, she was that the was their beautiful. poster girl. That was yeah. the most beautiful. And I know, actually, I I was watching an intimate portrait as mm-hmm. you do on YouTube from our favorite thing our ever. Favorite lifetime an intimate portrait oh, exists, yes. and mm-hmm. John Travolta calls her an American sweetheart. She was, and just I, like Taylor Swift is now America's sweetheart. And, and the, but then he stops. He was an international because I'm like. She's she is. She's yeah. She's she competed she's, in Eurovision against ABBA. Well, again, she's she's British, but raised in Australia, and then working in know, the American huge, idiom. You know, and she really was everyone's sweetheart. Like mm-hmm. people just, I I don't. I think that's what a lot of people don't. They are, she was just so adored and beloved. Mm-hmm. What I but, love is after Greece, how she kind of has this transformation. Well, a that's la what Sandy. I was going to say. But there were people like I remember. My mother was horrified. You know, Why? just like because it was just like she's changed. It's oh. like country, and that's another thing about country 
or they don't like you to change. Like mm-hmm. you, once you're country, oh, they'll you turn stay country. On you. Yeah, they'll turn on you. But that's what's so amazing about Olivia is how it was um, successful. You know, it wasn't anything like she it flopped. It's like whereas like Melissa Manchester didn't really work out Couldn't for cross. Helen Reddy, no. Tony Tennille, oh, Karen Carpenter. You know, it's like Karen, there's yeah. certain artists that it's just it's not going to work on. But that just goes to show you that you know Olivia was more probably would have been a musical theater performer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't country, and you know, like say she had the duet thing with Pat Carroll, and then there was like the duets with Cliff Richards. So she was kind of this. Every like, you know, every back that year that Gwen Stefani became everyone's prop. Like mm-hmm. she's on the Eve track, she's on the Moby track, right? And it totally got her band right back on top. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's Made like, uh, yeah, it really, really did. So it's like, you know, those are smart things. But it it seemed like they didn't really know what to do with her back then. And then you look at the old movie tomorrow that you guys will have to go see. Oh. Um, I'm sure it's on YouTube. It also or is weird because tomorrow we were saying it. I'm like, does she always just play intergalactic goddesses? Well, I was I, like, is this I, what Xanadu is about? This is Xanadu y'all is actually just, a full trip. I mean, we did smoke a little weed beforehand, and it is again. I people fully had no idea hated what was that movie when it came out, and I well, I remember the fr- okay. So it's like watching when Greece right? when Greece like came acid. out. Um, I and again back then, this was seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Jaws changed how movies open. That was seventy five, and once because back then, okay, what I was going to say is. Not in my town. We would have to drive 20 minutes to Vicksburg, Mississippi to see a movie. There would only be two cinemas. Grease played in the movie 13 weeks in a row. Oh, my gosh. That means the entire summer, it was Grease, and then what else? Or you'd have to go to a bigger city where there were more right. movies. But I saw Grease every Saturday, 13 weeks in a row. And it was just like, wow. this is so fantastic. Xanadu, again, I'm sure I saw it in the theater, but I remember the first time I heard about Xanadu, it was, I believe it could have even been that People magazine where she's on the cover on the roller skates. It's Mm -hmm. this famous picture and she's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. And I turned it over as I I would go to the drugstore and I would flip through all the magazines and everything. And then on the back cover, Xanadu, but I had no idea. I didn't even know what that word was. I I thought I couldn't understand how to pronounce it. It was because it started with an X, mm-hmm. you know. Doesn't make sense. Um, it doesn't not, make any sense. And I was like, spell. wow, what is this? So, but I remember I bought the forty-five the minute Magic was released. So mm-hmm. after Greece, they were really wanting more music and stuff. Um, but From I her. yeah, I loved Xanadu. Mine was more about the end of Xanadu. I loved the muses. I loved, you know, I always loved like the high school drill team, the dancing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so as soon as those muses came down and those girls started whipping and coming out of the wall, coming out of the mural, it's a full trip. you know, it's, a it's, full trip. it's, it's
dead. What's happening? He is an album artist, and she's. Oh my god! All that stuff is terrible, and it's just like just no. Fast forward to the muses and when Olivia's performing. Because it's actually really inspiring when they're all starting to dance. Like this is this is still very current. That whole sequence is just fantastic. It's mind blowing, kind of actually. It's it's great, and they got Gene Kelly on roller skates, and Gene Kelly is like fantastic. Gene Kelly, and you know he, I know he was probably like a real bastard. You know he probably was just like back in my day. Probably but I miserable. bet they were just laughing and like, look. look I hope so. Just wait till he sees what he's in. He was probably like, you kids, yeah. stop talking. What about the album right after Grace, Totally Hot? Well, that is the album I basically based. That's that's what I based my show around that I, I literally did. Let's get into the show. I want to get into it because you haven't even described well, what this beautiful show it's is. Well, the show, um, I looked at it as, as kind of like her career change her career awakening kind of went parallel with my childhood sexual awakening i guess mm. you would say mm-hmm. so right around the time she did grease sandy then it became totally hot physical a more provocative olivia newton john that's around the time i went through puberty mm-hmm. so it was kind of, and then you just you know it's like am i gay your I body was feeling. talking to exactly mm-hmm. so your body's all talking to you and everything so that whole country olivia was like the nurturing you're an innocent little child having beautiful songs sung to you by olivia and then all of a sudden you know bl- well you know midnight special solid gold mm-hmm. blondie punk oh, yeah. new way you know and mm-hmm. then it's like ooh, olivia and and then Grease being the biggest movie, so it's like again, here's you know she was huge, and then it was just like oh we're gonna drop you, we're not promoting you. I'll sell Grease, and then she's huge again, totally hot. I mean, a little more love is just one of the best. I think that's probably one of her best songs. That song is so good. What People is it have, called? A little, a little more, more love. love. Okay. It's very you know rock. Also has a song on it called "Please Don't Keep Me Waiting," which is kind of—it's really cuckoo. It's kind of sci-fi, but then she does what I call white girl scat, oh. where she starts going off at the end, doing these kind of.
stadium rock. Because back then, you know, Led Zeppelin, it was about, like I said, it was about albums and big bands like uh, Chicago, Kansas, The mm-hmm, Eagles. Mm-hmm. ELO. Uh, ELO, Elton John, you know, all this big, you know, Stadium, ELO had the biggest. Stadium filling. Exactly. Music. Exactly. So. Um, people shit on all that music, yes. but I really love it. Yes. No, that's You're back when people fan. actually oh, had no, ta- <laughs> talent and could write songs and play yeah. instruments. Now you don't have any, a DJ can do all that. You push a knob. Oh, I'm I'm in pitch. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like, wow. But that's why, mm-hmm. again, the reaction I got from this is people were like, she's the, Olivia Newton-John is amazing. And I'm like, I know. It's like, I mean, not to throw shade on anything Taylor Swift does, but it's like, you know, her songs are wonderful. She's not the most technically proficient vocalist. No. But she's a wonderful songwriter. Her message yes. is wonderful. And she can make a bop. The fact... And she can write a bop. She can write, yes. she can write and produce a oh, bop. Oh, yes. yes. Like, I, like, shake it off and all mm-hmm. that. I'm like, no, these are great. These are great songs. And... I also, the thing that I love about, um, again, it's not my, I wouldn't buy her music, but I'm saying when I look at her, I see why Taylor Swift is special the same way I I see why Beyonce is special. What I love about those, even though they've really tried to take it all out of Beyonce, is something that I think is what made Debbie Harry a great performer. There's an awkwardness in them to Mm. where... Her body movements were awkward. Even early Beyonce, it's like when she was going solo, Beyonce was very awkward in her movements. Like her legs, she danced a little bit. Taylor Swift dances pigeon-toed. Oh, yeah. And there's something about that little broken ragdoll that's it's cute. I yeah. like I like the fact that Taylor's doing stuff like, um, yeah, my record company decided to uh, sell my music to a corporation, so I'm just going to re-record all of my records, and I'm just going, oh my god, Taylor, <laughs> that is amazing. It's like you have the power mm-hmm. to do that, do that, because people like Pat Benatar and Joan Jett and Debbie, it's like Olivia Newton-John, it's like. They don't. Get, they never had that control. Yeah. So now, those women, those artists like that, should really like. But no, Olivia Newton-John was a real good at suing people, right? Like she, she did. She got. She did. She got I don't out know. of that MCA deal. Oh, she did. Actually broke it because well, it was supposed to be. Instead, it was something about it was supposed to be for five years mm-hmm. and not five records, even though they wanted five records out of her for five years. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, "Oh no, it's fine," because Greece was coming out. She was like, "I'll wait." Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. they'd approved Grease coming out, and then she just waited and then made her next album because yes. the years were up, and it made uh, the whole system, the whole music record system, change to demand a certain number of albums yes. versus a certain number of years. Which still, which still isn't. That's see again. That's the thing why George Michael sued and Prince right. sued because they still wanted an album a year, and they were right. like, slow down you'll get your record and if they didn't deliver an album in a year then they would wind up suing them or you know would prevent they would them. cost they were, can they we were t- charge them can we talk about the rumor because you mentioned it and i oh my god we're you're we're just going to jump from 19 oh wait what year is the rumor 1888 oh 88 wait what did we skip what's we between a lot of oh no physical no. <laughs> oh shit physical Sorry, 
right. Well, we did Xanadu. You know, Xanadu came and went, and then yeah, and then Physical came out, and also remember she cut her hair, and it was a whole new look, mm-hmm. and her Brit shot that cover. Sweetheart so. cuts her hair short, you know, like blonde. Oh, that's what, well, you know, she was also doing TV specials at this time. So before MTV, a lot of the artists would do TV specials, mm-hmm. like Barbara and would do those iconic after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and Margaret, Suzanne, they would all like Goldie, Goldie Hawn and Liza Minnelli did one. No. Back when what? they were trying. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. Diva News. Diva well, News. They were, they were supposed to be the original, Vel- not the original, but they were trying to do the movie version of Chicago back in the 70s. Whoa. And it was Goldie and Liza that and were Liza trying to do gonna it. And Liza was going to do Velma? Honey, yes. Or Roxy. Gold- oh, Goldie is Roxy. Goldie I just got kicked. Roxy Vel- would have been. Liza everything. is so Velma, so the badass, and then did, the doe-eyed Goldie on coming but in. Liza also, did do Velma. Did do Roxy. So she stepped in for Gwen Verdon. Mm-hmm. She you know, did. Yes. Those epic performances. Which, which I, I like it. I like it better see. when it's older. It's better for older, older actresses. It's like now they just let fucking Ashley Simpson do. It's just yeah. like girl. Well, I mean, but the just thing about that, that show, alive. I'm just happy it is, and and that that show is you that Teflon. show is full exactly that Teflon. show is foolproof you can put anyone in it even if they're and they are they still super, are everyone it doesn't matter if they're super talented it. or not talented oh, because Mary Lou Henner do it bitch. that was good oh she's great though she'd I be a perfect Roxy she was oh yeah great Roxy. she's great her they both reached for the gun was so <laughs> fucking great Mary Lou come on toast she fascinates me <laughs> with that that perfect memory or whatever she I got. know she I, it's kind of it sounds like a curse more than a blessing to me oh my god she'll talk your, you know she'll talk your ear off it'd be like Mary Lou go home Mary Lou she'd be like enough. come on this podcast we'll I, do an eight part episode oh my god with every Lou second well then I want to go <laughs> I, I want to come to that I'll be like Mary Lou I, I'm all ears we should do it live We'll do it live at Town Hall. Yeah. You heard yeah. it here first, everyone. Yes. One good thing about physical is she also, there was a, that was when HBO was kind of coming into most mm-hmm. everyone's home. Mm-hmm. And HBO did a lot of concerts that year. Um, 82, they did the Blondie's last concert before they broke up. I remember they did a Fleetwood Mac. And I believe they also did a Livy Newton John in concert. And that 80, I think it's 82 concert is she is on top of the world and let me tell you she is running around up and down stairs singing xanadu doing aerobics to physical doing everything from greece and you just go like she was in such amazing shape at that time She got pushed back, though. For, you know, people were like, 
And I heard her talk. She was like, so that's why we did the aerobics thing. Because I, I to was soften trying to it soften up a little. It. Yeah. And, and, but then, and as I'm doing it, I was like, well, yeah, this is a very provocative but song. The real reason mm-hmm. they were banning it was mostly because it was, uh, you were seeing like a lot of guys' penises. You know, you could see, you know, whether you were like cir- circumcised or not. I love and it, then they were, yeah, so it was just kind of like, I think it was more about mm-hmm. the guys jumping around. In the stuff than we're huge than fans her. Of but that video is still it's so it's Iconic. it's and it's beautifully done. But they also shoot it like it looks like a porn video. It's so like oh my god, it's like neon. Vaseline. It oh, is like, ah. Heather Lock girl Heather Locklear lens. Yeah. of my show I say um, Olivia Newton-John has been talking about you know climate change yes. and the importance of the ecosystem Since the birth and of her nature daughter. and you know dolphins and trees and dog I, I was always I was like she has been hugging trees longer than Daryl Hannah mm-hmm. petting dogs longer than Linda Blair it's like everything it's amazing. Can you tell us what the show is about? Because we keep jumping over it. I want to hear about it. Well, it's, I mean, it's not, it's just, again, it's just, um, it goes from country. I sing some some of her country songs and talk about, you so know. So you're, you're playing Olivia. I'm not, I'm you're just not playing, playing myself. You're playing yourself. Uh, my drag character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think someone might have walked out the first weekend because the, the manager was like, apparently someone thought he was going to see a pretty little drag queen doing some Olivia Newton-John <laughs> lip syncs, and that's not what this show is about at all. Um, but I I normally don't sing or don't speak at all in my shows. My shows are all dance and mime, but normally they do tell a story. You know, like one dealt with my cat running away to New York and me and my gang had to go find her. And it was based on Desperately Seeking Susan. And then I, my yes. first show was based on like Dario Argento, Italian horror films, mm. you know, or like a Brian De Palma dressed to kill like voyeurism. Amazing. And, mm. and sometimes I'll work myself into the film. Yeah. Um, but for Olivia Newton-John, I thought, well, I want to, I want to sing again because she, like I say, was my first favorite artist that, and my first love was singing, and my undergrad was in music and everything. So it seemed natural that this show would be a show I would sing in. Um, wow! And so just with the country stuff, um, it was easier to just kind of sing and talk about the aspects like counter melody harmony things that her music showcased or that she really showcased as a singer that made me love music because i love to harmonize and stuff like that um and and then as you go into the disco it becomes all the kind of choreographed dance stuff which is what you know i'm most known for in drag so at that point with the totally hot album it more becomes this kind of sexual awakening and i have these two backup dancers and it's just these kind of i do totally hot a little more love make a move on me and that's kind of what i call the 
um, yeah, those would be like the the wet dream years where it's, <laughs> it's fantasies and you're like, I want to do this, but I'm scared. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, do it, go on out there and live your life, you know. And then it went into physical and stuff. So I say that was more about once you are kind of opening up your sexuality or that, then it becomes like self-care, like, okay, let's work out. And then that becomes more like the village people, you know, like even more, you know, sexual like you know commodities in the gym and the bar and all this stuff and then I tried to make a little statement about so in her life it would have been where she got cancer you know in my story with the sexual awakening I was like oh this would be like you know like AIDS to where there's also this fear that you do have to you know, take care of yourself in a sense. So I didn't want to just come out and be like, and this is when Olivia got cancer. I'm going to dance a really sad song. But I, so I just left it kind of, most of my stuff is open for interpretation, you know, Mm. more like a fever dream type thing where I like when people have, you know, they come in there and they have an idea of what the show was about. I'll go, oh, yeah, that, yeah, Great. I see that. And then someone else will say, well, it was like this. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah, it was like that. I know. I was, I, it's always funny when very left brain people come up to me and they're like, what did this mean in your show? I'm like, I don't know. What did it mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, it's not I always for me know to what tell it, you. Yeah, I always know what it means for me. Right. But I like, you know, that's why I like David Lynch movies or mm-hmm. anytime something I go, you know, I don't know if you saw the the last season of Twin Peaks, that they, yeah. if you were into that. Oh, yeah, I love. You know, it, I did, and I finally, like, got through it and everything, and I would, half the time I would be like, I have no idea what is going on, but <laughs> I am just so entranced because of the sound. Mm-hmm. You know, the sound design kind of, like, keeps me lulled, but... I can't stop watching. And it's, it's also... just like Xanadu. Put me in a crazy world, and mm-hmm. if you just keep it crazy, keep, yeah. it, keep it strange. It's like, mm-hmm. our favorite, it's like our favorite film from last year was called Palms, oh, starring yeah. Diane Keaton. Yeah, that we, oh, Palms, and yeah. Pam Greer was in that, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. I didn't David, see it. It's very we David really, Lynch. Yeah, we had a big riff on how we thought that, that if you <laughs> really view David it from Lynch. the David Lynch point of view, <laughs> it can transform the movie entirely. Actually, I think if you put a David Lynch filter on a lot of things, you can find out truly how strange the world is and why he creates such oh, a strange... Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, was your, so, so did you pull, when you were creating your drag character, did you pull any... Were, were, were you conscious that Olivia Newton-John was a reference for you there, or 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 No. In the beginning, or yeah, what do when you, mean? you were starting your drag character, were you pulling kind of references from? Oh no, 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 no. Just um, I the character. Well, I was in, I would I did sketch comedy before. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've only really been doing drag for ten years, so I started really late in the game, um, which I think is because that's why I'm enjoying it now. You know, because mm-hmm. uh, anyone who started in their twenties, they're just like. I do not want to do this again at my age. And I'm going, I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, But no, no, I never chose to be a drag queen or wanted to do that or anything. I just, it was the easiest way I knew I could sell a story Mm. is if it's like play. Well, I'm, I feel like I'm somewhat of an underdog, but you know, I, I, physically would look more like a leading man, but I'm really a comedian, but it, so so say when I was an actor and I went on auditions and stuff, that's the weird thing because you're always going to be typecast. So people don't, again, they don't know what What do I do, do. with that? And right. then I also, a lot of like, um, I would get told a lot of by directors or whoever, whether this was 
on film or back in New York, mm -hmm. there would be this problem with um, you're too sexy. It, for some reason, like sensuality or something, whether it was in my dancing or the way I would read lines, I would be called like, you sexualized the word honey. I was like, I did? I sexualized honey? They're like, yeah, you said honey. And I was like, I did, didn't I? Wow, I mm. sexualized honey. I had no idea. I just thought, sweet, honey, yum. So that's when the whole business of, again, I'm like, that exhausts me. So, so mm. it was more about uh, what can I do to stay busy, to perform, to entertain, create, to create, to create, because I never wrote. So that mm. was the one big obstacle where I was going, because I, you know, I would try to get friends screenplays and try to help them, you know, get their screenplay made or something. So I was always trying to do other things just to stay, you know, busy. Active. But the odd thing is, is, you know, hey, this drag character and all of a sudden under the guise of drag, I was able to do all of it sing dance act produce write choreograph seriously mm. everything it all up for you yes and it's like i don't i'm not concerned with who's doing what over there i'm just like i have so many ideas and i'm loving that you know i can get them out so mm. it's i also love themes so the whole idea of doing an olivia newton john tribute show is that to me that's fun did you love doing it I love, it was my favorite, probably my favorite show I've ever done. I mean, I really, really loved it because I just knew her music so well. Okay, so uh, back to Olivia Newton-John. Uh, we were just after Physical and Xanadu. Are we at the rumor yet? Because I want to hear all about no, it. No, we did Twist of, well, you know, there's Twist of Fate, and that was a flop. And then after, oh, Two of a Kind, the Two movie. Two of a Kind, the movie, right. Um, Twist of Fate was her last top ten hit. And then Soul Kiss, when that came out, mm -hmm. that was her first... That was her first single that did not reach the top 40. Wow. So wow. that, and so, you know, uh, Twist of Fate has now become the song. That's her last time she ever hit the top 10 or the top 40 for anything. changed you know it was yeah. like now it's like madonna was doing monumental stuff and honestly olivia and john Lopper was and... i mean cindy was older you know what right. i mean madonna you know what i mean so cindy could still kind of you know do her thing but as far as what olivia newton john was doing now with like the singing and dancing in videos which was you know pretty prominent madonna was just a better dancer janet jackson's a better you know what i mean mm -hmm. it became this is now a young girl's game 
and Olivia was pushing 40 probably it seems at like the her time. transition from like young girl maybe this because of Greece like you said but her transition to like young girl into mature woman kind of well it's also like because she was overnight. like she was like well, 300 years old in Greece to right. me, so she was so. Remember, wasn't she like almost thirty? She was. 30. She was yeah, 30. she was probably thirty. I mean, Starker Channing, they were all like older. Starker so, Channing was even older than know, that. Starker so Channing was forty-two. Thank God they chose talent over right. forty-two, over um, over youth. you know over youth and everything. Uh, it still works. I loved the the one they did on TV. Everyone hates it. The Grease Live. Oh, I was yeah. like, I am so there. Jesse J comes out singing Grease, and it's actually really. good. It was kind of the only <laughs> one kind of, of those that. live ones that was good. I yeah I, yeah I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But then she so uh, so after Soul Kiss is Soul Kiss yes and um and then it was the rumor was after that which and is the, super political right? It there is a lot of political stuff on there, and yeah. I have to say. Because I remember the rumor back then, I would have bought the extended versions. Rather, that's back when you know, because MTV Club MTV dance music extended versions, you know, that started in the disco era. That club versions, and then the remix. See, remixes haven't always been here. She loves to do a like the dance version of a song. Yes, Yes. but I think that's why the albums, and I didn't get the albums anymore because I was more focused on, ooh, what's your next single Mm going to be? How many mixes is there going to be of this single? So it kind of just, it kind of turns your, I think it turns your career into you're only as as strong as your last single, Mm -hmm. you know? This is the There was this weird thing of where, you know, like back in the 70s, they would release double albums and stuff. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, it got down to where there might only be eight songs on an album, four on side A, four on side B. So, again, you get into that two albums a year, five albums in five years, and like, okay, how hard is this to do? But then you get into CDs, and it became bonus tracks. And it's like, we can put a lot of... Me- so then it became, mm-hmm. oh, and my God. Again. Now it's starting over again. You're going to make the artist like have to release like 20 songs mm-hmm. on an album. I've actually been noticing you know, like the new artists that are coming out with Spotify. 
they just the, the the tracks are there's like I was like oh my gosh every album has like sixteen tracks on them on there now. Well, and, and ten years ago, ten years like ago when it's insane when the industry died, you know, and everything went to hell. Remember, it would be like, oh, it's now the deluxe edition yep. of Lemon. You know, it's like they kept repackaging, uh, just repackaging because mm-hmm. they are trying to sell. Also, product. now we're really all like like cleaning out the vaults and being like and here's all of the songs that you haven't seen or the well demos that's small i like when they do that do like like stevie yeah Blue and mac and stevie have so much of that now yeah, so many deluxe so editions of so those. much deluxe editions so much outtakes so much new material and it's like it's my fantasy we always say we would just love bet to release all of her unreleased songs we'll see but things like all of blondie's stuff was kept in storage in the trade center and no, then the trade center yeah. goes to yeah, so it's but like a lot of, a lot of that Olivia stuff. Just you're of, never going to get it. A lot of her stuff in that fire, right? I don't. I mean, there was possibly. Some, I read There's always thing, a fire. Like the Warner fire or some. Oh yeah, that could have happened. Yeah, she lost a lot of the like. Early At least the demo original stuff. or they, the yeah. demos, and you know, mm-hmm. I guess the demos. And then nine, and then are we? What year are we at now? And then the well, the she worst did happens. the she did the cover album, and then yeah, the back to basics where and literally I remember that album, and I was in college by that time, um, so you know if if her video her videos were played on MTV, so she maintained relevance and everything, you know, and also video bars were really popular back then. Mm. We would always go out and they play all the dance mixes of mm-hmm. all the divas, and she's right on in there with everything. And then, yeah, then she got cancer, and, and she was supposed to tour. I also think tour behind the Back to Basics mm. collection, and that ended. And then I had, oh, that's so weird. By that time, I had then graduated from college, moved to Dallas, Texas, and then moved to New York to become a performer. And I was in a rec- my favorite record store in New York, Rebel Rebel, which was on Bleecker Street. I don't think oh it's there gosh. anymore. Bleecker and. Um, it was near Bleecker and Christopher. It was right, right. there in the mm-hmm. West Village. But I don't know what I said to the guy, but I must have said something about Olivia Newton-John. And he said, do you have her new album? And I said, she has a new album out? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, "He goes, I think it's the best thing she's ever done. And, he, and it was Gaia. And I remember looking at that and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. And I took it home and I, I was like, I was Trans- like, you, I was like, oh, this is such, and I'm not into new age music or anything, but I love that album because it was just a really personal album. And I thought, good for you, girl. And Strange, struggle. too. It kind of was giving me Xanadu, like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It was so mystical and mystical, healing yeah. and, yeah. Positive. And then when you think about it, even though it seemed like a long time for me, what, what was Gaia was 96 or 92. 95? Don't you guys love it on this podcast when we just argue about dates? Dates, yeah, you just could, like, just like, just like, you like, could have just written it all down. We don't that's know why what you're you talking tune about. in every week so that we can spend five minutes looking up something on Wikipedia. Okay, guy was ninety four. Ninety four, and that yeah, so that makes more sense because it seemed like right after in ninety eight is when she did back with a heart, and I think that's also the same year that Blondie um, got back together ninety eight. Mm. So that was also an interesting year um because those were two of my favorite artists that they both had new material that came out and those albums um 
the albums that she's done, those you know newer albums mm-hmm. are they're really good. I love Hotel Sessions mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, she has this like, great rasp in her voice on that record. I know. I always it's say totally like... hot started that because mm. she started doing that crazy scatting, and I'm like, girl, you gonna rip them vocal cords she out? Sounds a little bit like Macy Gray on that. <laughs> There's like a Macy Gray yeah. vibe to it, but I like it. It's like slow. She's like back phrasing a bit. I use "Best of My Love" for my credits for the show. Yeah. got into her Christmas wish list. Oh, she, gosh. So she made a deal with Hallmark. She started making albums for Hallmark, oh, which I think is iconic. That's very smart. Well, that's like when they were, you know, you go to Starbucks and be like, yeah. oh my God, or my favorite, if we can go off. And and um, mm-hmm. I always loved this, you know, Khalees, when she, uh, Milkshake. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, her second album is, it was never released in the United States. It's called Wonderland. Fire. Pharrell the best pop album that no one ever heard amazing so she married Nas and I remember um I don't I think she they were because they had a child or there was something about the divorce or anything and the judge was talking they were like Khalees you have to have millions and millions of dollars just based on milkshake alone and Khalees was like Nah, see, my last record came out on Twitter, and I was just like, oh my God, that's so sad, but yet it's so true. You'll be like, really? Um, My last album came out at Starbucks, you know, where you pay for your coffee? Yeah. That's basically where the music... So don't think that the artist is getting any of that. I bet Olivia Olivia's smart, and she knows what her audience is, and I think she knows, like, what pocket she needs to be into. Although, I, like, looked, she has, like, she just actually sold uh, a couple of years ago her like 144 acre estate in Australia. Oh, really? oh wow! She just kept. They like were saying like she, she got even. Can you more imagine land. how expensive that is to maintain? I mean, well, think about and then it. She, and then and then she like guess had multiple residencies. In, I don't like, want that headache. Santa Barbara, no, no, not if you're also having mansions in L.A. and moving i mean i think she's been pretty good with her real estate but yeah mm-hmm. and because you know well we're, we're, we're kind of coming to the end here but we also haven't talked about that unfortunately our her bad taste diva. in men well bad taste in men but also unfortunately <laughs> the, she's in bad health again she, well not well i mean listen to have beaten cancer the, for a third time mm-hmm. uh, you know that's that's the 
that's the thing to, to remember is that she's she's winning. She's you know won what I mean? For she, thirty she, years almost. She's and her, now it's all about like cannabis, like the cannabis, cannabis is oil, shrink, shrinking her yeah. tumors and everything. So I'm like, girl, she get, just did. Her, she just did, she did an event with John Travolta she's in down, December. She's down in Australia yeah, just, right now singing for fire relief. It's like there is oh for people real. Say, yeah, no, yeah it's for real. people say that you know Cher will be the last. I'm like, you know what? Oh, no, I, Olivia's Cher, coming for it. Olivia's had much more battles and obstacles than well you know remember Cher had Epstein's bar disease do you remember that where she no. was tired all the time oh, oh sure. yes yes we saw yes, the musical no, we saw the musical she told us that she just needed oh. to lay down she's like I just needed a rest mama that's in, that is in it's in the musical tired. you guys keep like wanting me to tour and I'm telling you I need to lay down we, Nick I and I looked it, at her Cher. well Nick and I looked at her and we were like she never did lay down she just kept doing stuff so I don't know like but they definitely referenced the do musical do you remember Joni's weird autoimmune disease though Joni Mitchell's Oh, I th- okay. When you said Joni, I thought Aaron Moran, Joni from Happy Days. But then, <laughs> oh, I was, and then I then I went to Joan Jett, and then I went. No, you mean Christy McNichol and her <laughs> chemical imbalance. We are in a diva forest right, right? now. No, Joni Mitchell had this weird autoimmune disease. I remember she did this long interview on NPR about it, where. She felt like there were needles all over her skin oh. and no one could figure out what it was for years. Well, that's like that fibromyalgia yeah. shit. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Oh, it's terrible. We, Joni, but Joni was just at the fucking Grammys. She's Joni she's showed. Great. Joni showed up. I mean, she's in a wheelchair and everything, but Joni showed up in Santa Barbara at Blondie's concert backstage. Like, Fuck Debbie yes, Harry was beside herself. Can you imagine? She's been, sh- I've, yeah, the power I've been seeing that, that Joni Mitchell has been like going out of her way. And I also feel like I like to think that it's like, you know, she might be in ill health, maybe, because I was even thinking about this in doing my show, like, why Olivia Newton John came back around at my age at this time Mm -hmm. you know like i felt like i need to do a tribute to you because you are still here Mm -hmm. that's so awesome i don't want to get emotional talking about it but icons are important you know so it's you know nice to do shows like this and uh just to be appreciative Mm -hmm. of you know, you also, you, the sanity that they kind of brought. You're in honoring the, the person that ha, that you said kind of raised you. In really, a way. it, it is. Your... It's like I think that's so. You know, it, it is. It's so odd and so touching and everything. Um, so yeah, but you know, you think you didn't think Prince was going to die or David Bowie, and right. then you think like Joni Mitchell. You know, it's like they're not going to be around forever. And you think about how like again, I think it's not awful today, but. We don't have the icons today that are making, you know, are, you know, are the Jonas Brothers going to, you know what I mean? What are they going to be doing when they're 70? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to have the same resonance as, you know, like maybe what Olivia Newton-John did or Stevie Nicks or, Mm -hmm. or whoever. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Or will we even be around to see that? I, I think that this is a good moment. We might have burned up the planet. I think this is a good moment to ask this question. We kind of like to ask every time. If if you just imagine that this microphone is uh, a phone, and on the other end of the microphone is Olivia Newton-John's answering machine, and you can leave her a short message. Well, I would never be able to leave her a short... I would get cut off, I'm leave, afraid. Well, just... You can Beep, leave it as long you call as back. You, you can leave it as long as you want, <laughs> as long a message as you want. Like, what would you say to Miss Olivia Newton-John today in 2020? Hi, Olivia. 
My name is John Cantwell. Well, first of all, you sent me an autographed picture of you when I was in the second grade, so thank you for that because I do believe it is an authentic signature. Um, if you were in L.A., I give me a ring. I'm doing a tribute to you, and I think you will get a big gas out of it. But um, I am a hideously ugly, sweaty drag queen, but I have a feeling that you would be very moved. So um, give me a call, and we've got tickets waiting for you and Chloe. Oh yeah! Yes, and a pitch. A call and a pitch. Yes, a call and a pitch. A call and a pitch. Bring Chloe. I mean, we could do that. We could literally talk to you about Olivia Newton-John for three hours. But I think what we're gonna have to do is actually come back and talk to you about Blondie. Oh yeah, that would be great. You on Mike? We promise to come back. Yes, come back next time. That would be great. We'll do Blondie. Don't do Blondie before. No, we won't. We'll save Blondie. We'll save Blondie. We're really exciting. Amazing. This has been so awesome. We love you, Olivia. Yes, go listen to some Olivia Newton-John. Absolutely. Also good. Dig into that box at the record store and find the rumor. And then send it to me. Well, see, I even, I will go to Amoeba to look for it. And there are no Olivia Newton-John CDs or anything. It really is. It's because she sells out. That's what it is. They can't stay in there. More for us. Yeah, exactly. They're not available. John, thank you for coming on. Everyone go come to LA and find out when Love Connie is performing. Find John on Instagram. Yes, I'm real. Real love, Connie. Everywhere. Real love, Connie. Real is love, fabulous. Connie. I actually found you, um, uh, Guillermo, uh, Guillermo Diaz. Oh yeah, yeah. Posted something, and I oh, was that's like, so cool. And I started like going through your videos and watching, and just becoming obsessed. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So oh, that was awesome. Cool. So well, thanks, thanks, Guillermo. Thanks, Guillermo. You thanks, sweetheart. Guillermo. I'm a huge celebrity crush of mine. Oh, for real. Like in my top five celebrity crushes, <laughs> Guillermo Diaz. Well, um, I hope he's listening. I hope you Battle Angels are still still, still listening. listening. Yeah. We love you. Get on a Pegasus and fly to Xanadu. Um, Here we go. We love you, Battle Angels. Uh, download the episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. Smoosh. Smoosh that like Smoosh button. Smoosh that like button. Share this episode. <laughs> so Bye. 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 You think the world should see things your way. Love, I know you. You think good fortune's here to stay. Love, I know you shine.